Hey, this is your host, Bill. Just in an effort to get you through the podcast a little quicker because I know it's a little long. Here's going to let you know what we're talking about today. Hope Solo is in the opening with the U.S. Women's National Team and kind of what's going on there. Skip ahead to 3.30 if you want to hear about Clint Irwin, Tim Howard, and the media and some dumb comments they're making. That one's kind of fun. And then 10, uh, at the 10-minute mark, we got Brad Guzan. Some stats have been published on him. Looking at that. Just before the 17-minute mark, we're going to go through some random uh, stuff that's going on, a ton of commentary, just things you need to know. And then at the 21-and-a-half-minute mark, the goalkeeper Royale, it's a little fictional tournament. So skip those marks if you're interested, and uh, thanks for stopping by. Welcome to the Everybody Soccer Podcast. This is your host, Bill Reno. We're going to kick things off talking about the U.S. Women's National Team. They won 5-0 over Ireland and uh, hope hope so notched her 186 cap despite only seeing two shots against her and the U.S. women had over 20 shots and uh, you know this is this isn't something that's uncommon. She's been in many games where she didn't do a whole lot Um, but it is kind of interesting point again that we saw at, at the front of the world cup that we got the run up to the the summer olympics and uh hope so who's going to turn 35 this summer she's obviously played a long time with the u.s women's national team but the question for the world cup was well why not play someone else instead of putting all all the eggs in one basket of just hoping you know hope so is gonna you know work out and, and she's been great in the past you know arguably one of if not the best woman's goalkeeper of, of all time it, both within the u.s and just the world um but you know why, why not take a look at someone else you, you kind of have an idea of what your opponent's going to bring to the table and uh outside of this ridiculous long throw ireland didn't really threaten the u.s at all so uh you know why, why not put you know ashlyn harris or or nayer in there or, or someone that you can get some playing time and just kind of you know, get their feet wet instead of just continually going to hope so. So, you know, it doesn't matter. It's a friendly, it, you know, it, it's, it doesn't change anything. And, you know, even in the World Cup run, hope so didn't really have to do anything. It was kind of funny. Recently, she, or at the end of last year, she was putting out her top top five games from 2015. And, you know, going through all those highlights, she didn't really do a whole lot. And the number one game was the World Cup final, of course. But you know, even that game, she didn't really have to do anything. And, you know, it's going to happen. You're going to be on a good team. You know, that's not any judgment on her, obviously. But, you know, it, it is just kind of, you know, a questionable decision to just continue, continually go back to this aging veteran who, if anyone's been tracking, you know, it is her game is deteriorating. And that's just what happens. You get old. We've seen the same thing with Tim Howard. You know, she, she's just not as sharp as she is. Her aerial game is really weak right now. And uh, fortunately, she can just kind of, hang back there and you know she seems to click well with the team you know that happens after 186 games but um yeah you know you know why not get someone else involved there so again it doesn't really matter it is just kind of uh, a a repeat comment of heading into the world cup of hey why not get someone else some time but you know in the end it didn't matter you end up winning the world cup so the the same thing could happen with the summer olympics so you know that said moving over to the men's side we had a big trade Earlier in last week, we saw Clinton Irwin go to Toronto, and this really only just furthered the rumor of Tim Howard coming to Colorado. Uh, you know, Clinton Irwin started every game for Colorado last year, and now 
it was a big fan favorite there, but is now heading to Toronto. And potentially, I, I would say this could be a good deal for both sides, for both Toronto and uh, Colorado, because Colorado's got Zach McMath. So, you know, McMath can get some time. He's, he's not a bad goalkeeper. He's just young and, and kind of got thrown into the fire a little early. So, you know, he, he should be a little more settled now, ideally. And I, I don't think Colorado would just ship Irwin if they didn't have some faith in, in McMath. So, you know, they, we've got that plus there. But then also Toronto gets a starter. So... This could this could be a win-win. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be that, and um, we're I, I think the fans are more on my side on this, so that they aren't thrilled about losing Irwin, who was a good starter. Uh, I, I wouldn't say he was you know top in the league, but you know a quality starter that you can depend on. Definitely a fan favorite. Interact with the, the fans a lot. Very smart, smart man. You know knew the game pretty well. So um, you, you're losing him, and then they're also simultaneously not thrilled about bringing in Tim Howard and uh, there's been multiple articles on why, why they don't want him and this is that and you know it, it's you know why not put that money towards somewhere else so it's um it, it's kind of a tough time for Colorado fans and uh, the the pessimism that, that's seeping out isn't entirely uh, unwarranted so uh, the, the odd thing right now is inversely the media is is a lot more positive about the move or they don't really know what to say about it at all uh, I guess is probably more accurate. So, uh, like Woody Page, for example, um, you know, he cites he he cited in, in a, a video just talking about um, Howard possibly coming over that Tim Howard could be like a David Beckham figure of just an older, more experienced player. Well, one, if you're if you're citing someone to be like David Beckham, I think that probably shows you're disconnected with the game. So maybe just don't comment on it, which is fine. You don't have to talk about it. Um, but then two, I don't think. People have been dogging the Rapids for not having enough leadership, which is what Woody Page says about Tim Howard, that he, he would bring that, which is true, but I don't think that's the thing that's really going to push Colorado forward. So you know, that that was interesting. And then on ESPN FC, uh, their little panel uh, of talking heads said that uh, he had a few few years left. And uh, I, I didn't quite know where that was coming from based on what – you know what? What would a return to form look like for Tim Howard? It, it just sounds kind of like pundit speech of, "Oh yeah, he'll he'll turn around, sure." Um, and they even comment more of how this, this is just recently that he's he's getting some flack for his play. Well, that's not true either. It's been about been about a year and a half, pushing two years now. So it, it's a it's uh, it, it seemed really they they seemed equally out of touch, which was kind of you know, almost ironic. That was ESPN FC talking about soccer, but they, they didn't really know a whole lot about Howard's situation. So, and then they, they asked him, I don't, I don't even know his name, but they asked him something like, well, are you, are you surprised by the criticism he's, he's getting? And then he answered, has he, has he been getting any? And they said, yeah, that's what we've been talking about pretty much. And he said, well, he just needs to take it on the chin. And they're like, well, what are you talking about? And then, uh, you know, like last week we talked in the podcast about, or it was two weeks ago, but about how he's been reacting towards the supporters, which is true. That has been happening, but it's not, you know, his response even just shows that he doesn't really know what to say. So he's just kind of, you know, being an annoying pundit, which I guess if that's what he is trying to be, then he, he's, you know, that's his game. And that's fine. You can just say gibberish like that and say, oh, is he? Oh, yeah, he, I guess he is. Well, anyway, so, um, you know, the, the media seems really, really almost out of touch with, with the situation. And admittedly, there, there isn't a whole lot of information to go on it, but that doesn't mean we can just kind of, phone it in or I mean I guess you don't you don't have to phone it in I guess is my point so um 
to, to really give an idea of how out of touch or, or the lack of information we have here, uh, there was uh, 101greatgoals.com wrote about this. And I'm not saying they're a real credible site on this. You know, I don't think they're on the forefront of journalism. Uh, but at the same time, you know, they're not lying. You know, it, I don't know. I just have to read this for you. So, uh, but you can go to one one great goals.com. Actually, this, I'll put this link on the, the podcast page on my site. If you, if you want to go to it. Um, but they, they were looking at Instagram. And so this is just a, a great commentary on, uh, journalism 2016, but they were looking at Instagram and someone noticed that the Everton U21 goalie, Russell Griffiths updated his Instagram account to say something about, you know, excited, excited to, you know, play or, or he made some sort of comment implying that he's going to be playing for Everton soon. And, um, at the same time, Tim Howard switches Instagram from public to private and then started following Colorado and then Colorado started following them. And so now it's like, well, what does that mean? Well, <laughs> it just, I mean, like what, that doesn't mean anything obviously. And, uh, you know, I, I this is a, I, I assume, I assume this is all real. I haven't gone and checked, but assuming it's real, which I guess it could be fake, but assuming it's real, you know, it doesn't mean anything, but it's just kind of, it's more a commentary on, you know, journalism in 2016, like, Oh, let's, let's look at Instagram accounts and see who they're following. Oh, wow. Maybe that means something. So, um, I guess at the same time there, it's better journalism than people just like making out of touch or inane comments of like acting like they know what they're talking when they don't really. So I guess in some sense, I respect them or being factual and like actually trying to do some research is just kind of comical that we're, we're looking at Instagram for, for any sort of clues. And you know, there hasn't really been anything on, on, uh, the connection from him going to Colorado, you know, of any real source, just constantly hear a rumor about it. But, um, it, w it was kind of funny reading this. The CONCACAF awards came out this last week as well. And, uh, not a huge surprise, but the U S goalie swept, the two goalie awards. So Tim Howard won for the men's and, uh, hope so won for the women. And, you know, again, hope so didn't really do a whole lot in 2015. I, I to, to be honest, I, I thought she did very well in the Australia game in the group stage of, of the world cup. Uh, I want to say it was a three, one win, but, uh, was very involved, you know, was called upon, responded very well. Just, she didn't have to do a whole lot after that. And again, that's not reflective of her. It's just, you know, I, I it seems a little thin of, Oh, you you won the World Cup. You must be the best goalie. You know, obviously that doesn't always add up. So, you know, on her side, hey, I think there's some better options out there. But I understand World Cup. Okay, that's fine. But the, the Tim Howard one was a little bit more of a head scratcher because if we remember, he didn't even play for the U.S. national team for half the year. And again, Brad Guzan won the goalie of the year for the Gold Cup this last summer tournament. So, you know, if we're only gonna pick a, a goalie in the last month i guess we could pick tim howard but i guess because guzan's been on the bench but you know even then it it just was a great year for the the goalie awards even the other selections just there was some sort of knock on all of them and honestly the best one which is uh novice the costa rican player at real madrid he just really hasn't had a ton of games i don't i don't know if he played one game with costa rica this this year um, I don't think he was in the summer tournament and I mean, he's the best goalie in, in the bunch, but he didn't even get on the short list because you know, just didn't play enough games. So, you know, any popular vote, it's kind of a, whatever, it doesn't matter. But 
it was just kind of silly of, oh, I'm going to pick Tim Howard because I I remember that name. He has a cool beard. But forget the, the fact that he didn't play for the U.S. national team for you know half the year, and his club play hasn't been that great either. So, um, you know, that, that side, uh, looking a little bit more at Brad Guzan, I found a pretty interesting uh, stat article from, uh, let's see, Deep XG. So it, I'm sure we're all familiar with expected goals, but – general premise of that just counting up where shots are from and then weighing them from if you shoot from 50 yards out you, you don't just count that as one shot you count it as a, a small decimal while if you shoot right in front of goal from one yard out you know it's a higher value and then tracking how the goal is to you against all this and um i i'm okay with this stat i i don't dislike the stat i i dislike it when we use it to as an overarching oh like this this means it's a complete rounded number for this player, whether it's a goalie or, or a field player or whatever. So, uh, like in baseball, for example, if you only use the batting average for a player and said, "Oh, they're they're good because they have a good batting average," or they're, or they're bad because they they have a low one. Well, there's more to more to the game, obviously, and you know. And so, same with goalies. Of you know, if you're going to knock them for being a bad goalie because their expected goals allowed or expected saves is is not the right number, you, you're missing the point. So. Um, I'll put this I'll put this link on, on the page if you want to go look at it. But uh, deepxg.com if you, if you want to go to the site. And, and I'm not knocking the guy's stats. You know, I'm sure he did the math right. And um, I, I just the the consensus he gets to the conclusion he gets to doesn't you know isn't is really great analysis. So um, he looks at all the EPL goalies and Guzan <laughs> stands out a little bit of having a negative seven goals allowed or i think the actual is plus or minus expected i guess goals i'm not sure what the correct title on the number is but negative 7.5 essentially goals allowed saying that he's given up 7.5 goals more than he should have as if we're going to look at expected goals and expected shots from from where they're being taken he does this for all the goalies and there's some good stats here and um you know i'm not knocking the method at all but you know if, you, if we go back and look at what 7.5 is that's about a third of a goal game for Brad Guzan and you know if you look back on Astonville's season you're not a third of a goal away from getting results and obviously you can't have a third of a goal so if we round it up to one per game you know it's not like they're just always losing by one goal I mean they, they are having a bad season replacing a goalie who's who's giving up 0 0.3 0.3 0.4 goals a game you know for someone I, it just it seemed kind of silly of, oh, well, he, you know, he has a low this. He needs to be out. Uh, and then inversely, Mark Bunn, who's been the replacement, he has 188 minutes under his belt. And obviously that's a very low sample size. But, you know, his expected goals is 1.1. Uh, so it ends up about being half a goal a game that he's saving as a belt. Well, again, you know, sample size isn't very high. Um, so, uh, you know, those, those parts, um, yeah. It, but Bond needs a little bit more of a sample size, but again, going back to Guzan, to look at that number and say, oh, you're giving, you're costing Astonville a third of a goal game, that doesn't really paint the whole picture. You know, we have crossing, we have distribution, we have communication, uh, you know, just a lot of things to goalkeeping that doesn't have to do with shot stopping. And, and I, I don't, I don't like that we're ignoring that. And then also I don't like that. It's, oh, well, he has a low number. He must be bad. Just in general, like even if it was a, a complete overarching number, you know, 
we should be a little bit more intuitive to be like, oh, he has a low number because this, not he has a low number, just get rid of him. And there, there should be a little bit more there. Um, again, you know, stats are great. I love looking at the stats, but, um, you know, it, it's not really telling. And to prove this a little bit more, De Gea has um, 1.02 1 over 100, or 1,600 minutes, essentially, uh, which turns out to be 0 0.05 goals a game that he's saving. So on average, looking at this formula, he's only saving 0 0.05 goals a game. That's a, almost zero. So, you know, we're looking at David De Gea's maybe the best goalie in the league. And so, you know, the stats don't really back that up either. So, you know, I, I don't know. It, it was a little weak. I, I like the idea of shot stopping looking at that, but, you know, why not look at a little bit more than that? So, um, you know, I, I think we could do a little bit more with expected goals as far as goalies if we want to have an overarching uh, comment on uh, their play. Last couple of things we're going to run through. Uh, there's a ton of news today, which is or this week, which is great because – I don't have to talk that much. So um, Brad Friedel, the, the new U19 coach for the U.S. Uh, youth team, he had a long um, three-part three, three series with Top Drawer Soccer. I'll, I'll put this on, on the links too as well, but uh, with Will Parchman. And I liked it in that, you know, you don't really get something like this. It was three, you know, it was, it was lengthy, which is good. And so you get to hear some detailed stuff, but in general, kind of vague on everything. You know, it's like, what are you going to bring to the table? Well, you have to wait till see. Well, what, what are we looking forward to, or what does U.S. soccer need to do? Well, we need to do better. And, you know, every, anything, if you've been following U.S. soccer uh, for at least a year and you read this article, you could probably guess the answer and you'd see it. And, and if you haven't, then I would really recommend going and reading it because he does hit on some uh, topics if you're not familiar with. But um, one, th one thing I did like that the goalies they brought in was Kevin Silva, uh, Will Pulisich, and Ben Hale. So those three goalies, Silva's going to UCLA, and Pulisic is a Duke commit, and both those will be freshmen next fall. And uh, they've been with the U17. They won the U17 World Cup. Good goalies there. Um, ben Hale is an FC Dallas product going to Furman in the fall. Um, another good goalie there. Uh, I like Silva and Pulisic a little bit more. I haven't t watched a ton of Hale, but all in all, I like the, I like the goalies. And, and even Friel kind of echoed it. But he, he's not going to be dogging them. He's, a, he's probably not going to say, oh, our goalies aren't very good. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. But, you know, he, he's obviously played the position, knows what he's doing. So I think he's got three good goalies um, there. So again, the article's not really groundbreaking, but it was kind of nice reading it. Um, moving on, we've got Bill Hamid, who's going to be out four to six months. This is going to put him out to either late May or late July. Again, I still like Andrew Dykstra. I think he's going to do fine. But DC is bringing in two goalies for preseason. We've got uh, Chris Kanaka Chris and Paolo Tornagi. Uh, so Kanaka came from Toronto kind of uh, took over Joe Bendick this last season, but didn't get re-signed. And uh, Tornagy is coming from Vancouver. And the fact that it didn't either of them get re-signed should be a little bit telling of, hey, they're probably not good enough to to start. So if they're really looking for a starter, I don't think this is their option. Um, and, and even last year, if you were following their DC's preseason, they, they really struggled with getting good goalies. So I think Dexter is going to be great if they – are you looking for a backup? I think these guys will be fine, but I don't think they're really going to pressure for the starting spot, but we'll see. Uh, Ethan Mould. Oh, sorry. Ethan Horvath signed with Mould, or re-signed with Mould, and just a big commentary on that is uh, Mould's not going to let him go for cheap here, so uh, we don't really know. That. I, I didn't see any specific numbers on that, but it looks like they're being smart of saying, hey, we've got a good goalie, and if you want to get him from us, it's going to cost you some money. We're not just going to let him go for free, which is smart on both parts, and 
they've been really good with uh, Horvath so far. So uh, we'll see what see what happens there. Uh, last couple of things here: the MLS draft. We had the third and fourth round early last week. We saw uh, three goals go: Chris Frazier to Colorado, Wade Hamilton to Portland, Connor, Connor Sparrow to RSL. Really hard to predict these every year. I don't even know why I bother. I, I was way off like I am every year. So uh, Wade Hamilton was kind of the most expected one to go. Um, but uh, Zach Bennett, the one when I have the highest ex expectations for, didn't get selected. However, he is, he did get invited to Chicago's preseason. So the the advantage of getting selected in the draft, you're a little bit more secure. Obviously, you have a guaranteed, essentially a guaranteed paycheck. Um, I, I guess you could not be signed, but it's a, it's a little bit more security for you if you get drafted. You're probably going to get signed, and it's not for everyone, but probably. Um, as a, but the other side of it is that if you don't get drafted, you kind of have a, a lot of you do have your, your say where you want to go. And so Zach Bennett went to an open tryout, performed very well, got invited back to the preseason, and he kind of holds his own destiny, which is kind of cool. So you can go to everybodysoccer.com and look at the American goalkeeper destinations, keep track of where everyone's going. Uh, if you want to keep up with it a little bit, the preseason is a lot of fun for people who like goalies because <laughs> you can see uh, you can see where where goalies are going and which ones are on the cusp and which ones are falling in and out. So uh, there's a lot of shifting going on, but at the end of the day, it's it's kind of fun to to watch how it all settles. Last thing, we're going to talk about the uh, goalkeeper royale real quick. So uh, this last week we had two: we had the captains group and then we had the Bill Murray group. Uh, Captain Jack Sparrow ended up winning. And you can search these at, uh, on Twitter at hashtag GK Royale, Goalkeeper Royale. Um, if you're not familiar with it, it's just a big year-long tournament that we're trying to find the best fictional goalkeeper that doesn't have any superpowers. So the captains, it was Captain Jack Sparrow, Topping, Captain Morgan, Captain Crunch, and Captain Kirk. You know, I, I thought Jack Sparrow was an interesting pick. Uh, you know, he's a little bit of a loose cannon, and maybe that's why people picked him, and maybe they thought, oh, Kirk, you know, kind of old, outdated, there's not a whole lot to him. Captain Crunch is a cartoon. I'm not going to vote for a cartoon. Captain Morgan is probably an alcoholic. So maybe it was by default. I don't know. It, it maybe just a weak group, but Captain Jack Sparrow is going to be moving on. And so uh, the Bill Mary group, we had Steve Zizou and Carl Spackler move on. And uh, Carl Spackler from Groundhog Day. So, um, yeah, I, I thought the Steve Zizou one was odd because he he's – more of an elderly man there, but again, I think it might have been more by by default because we have Peter Vinkman who doesn't really bring a whole lot to the table. I th and maybe he's a little bit. I, I doubt he has a good work ethic as a goalie, so you know he, he's probably not going to be it. And Phil Connors, Groundhog Day, you know, eh, he, he's kind of an idiot uh, jerk. So I, I guess people weren't really going to expect a whole lot from him. So um, Spackler is, is definitely unconventional, so I, I could see him. Uh, you know, bringing something new to the table, but at the same time, I don't think he's extremely reliable. So again, I think it was kind of a weak group as far as having a clear standout. But either way, Steve Zizou and Carl Speckler, they end up tying, so they'll both advance. And then we also had Captain Jack Sparrow who go to the next round. And we'll, we'll take some runner-ups as well, so we may see uh, more than uh, just those in the next round. And uh, on Monday, we'll be voting for, and we'll be open for two days. I, I figured out you can do that on Twitter, so I'm excited about this. So you're going to hashtag GK Royale on Twitter, and you can vote for our next one. And again, this is every week we'll be doing this until the end of the year, until we find the best goalkeeper. Um, but we've got Rick Grimes 
from Walking Dead. We've got Buffy Summers from uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. James Bond, James Bond, and then Sterling Archer from the uh, cartoon show Archer. And so I was trying to find a general theme with these, and they all shoot things. So that was kind of the grouping there. Um, you know, I'm kind of interested to see how this one turns out. Again, Archer isn't extremely reliable, but you know, you never kind of know how people are going to vote. But um, James Bond, I think, probably has the easy edge here. Rick Grimes is kind of insane, so I don't know if people are going to see that as a positive or negative thing as far as goalkeepers go and then I, honestly i think buffy summers is the most rounded and reliable of the four but uh you know we'll just see how the voting ends up thanks for tuning in tune in next week when we yet again talk about american goalkeepers